Blog Talk Radio. loudmouthradio.com. It is always an amazing time to be on air, and today is uh, just like any other day for us. Well, we're excited to be on air and have some great conversation uh, because we do consider ourselves one of the most influential, informative radio networks that are doing some global conversations because, you know what, everything that's happening in the world does affect us. And so today's episode is definitely going to hone in on some things that I feel that is in um in the back of people's minds and probably in the front of a lot of people's conversation, especially with the last, um, last current events that have been occurring, um, mass shootings, and has caused quite a bit of conversation about gun control, um, even self-defense. These are some of the things that definitely people are debating about constantly. And so today we're uh, going to make a show of it. And today we have gun control and self-defense with former food Fulton County Lieutenant Deputy Sheriff Charles Rambo, who is an amazing um, person to have on this conversation and on the show today, um, just because of all his accolades, his knowledge, his experience, and definitely his leadership in the community has been amazing. So we're going to talk more about him and as well as have him on air. We also have another special guest that is going to chime in, um, Kwajalein Cornelius. Um, who is an amazing um, individual who has a uh, a nonprofit organization called Angel Guarded, which is a self-defense black belt, oh, excuse me, a self-defense program. And uh, Kwajalein is also a black belt belt expert. You know, these words are catching you in the middle of the morning. (laughs) Um, But this is just a great time to have this conversation because, as you know, we've had, uh, reoccurring um, issues in the uh, United States, specifically, of mass shootings. And it just it seems like it's just becoming um, harder to swallow, and it's just not uh, something that you want to see coming across your feeds if you're on social media, you're, if you're on your um, on your devices. You can't help but to hear and see some of the things that are taking place, and it's tough. It's really tough to see and hear it. Um, and so for us as a radio network, you know, we, we want to talk about some of the things that people have on their mind that they want to discuss and on their hearts that they feel is um, important enough to have um, these types of shows for. So Jazzy has been um, influential in this discussion. She, she definitely uh, pulled it together with um, Deputy Sheriff Charles Rambo. Um, 
Lieutenant Deputy Sheriff Charles Rambo. I want to make sure that, you know, for those who are listening, um, let's go ahead and kind of put some things on the ground right now. You know, we're an online radio network. We're not regulated by the FCC, uh, which means that we can have some conversation that sometimes a lot of radio networks can't, right? Um, We reach well over millions and millions of listeners across multiple dashboards like iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Roku, if you're familiar with the Roku and Apple TV devices, um, TuneIn Radio, and each one of these platforms has a very large um, uh, incorporated listening audience that comes to these platforms to listen to radio content like us. We feed the content into these platforms. So that's what makes uh, the TuneIn, the Roku, the Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio, all these segments um, are able to be what they are because we are who we are, and we are a great provision of drawing listeners. And so um, for those who may come into this show at any point and you you think, you know, maybe I missed a whole lot, I couldn't get an opportunity to to get in and, and, and hear more, the great thing is that when we do our shows, they are live. And um, once they're we're off of air, they're available on demand 24-7. And you have the ability to go to these multiple platforms as well as our own and archive our shows. So, um, you know, as we've grown and uh, made our way into our fifth year, fifth season of existence is coming up March, the end of March, will make a five-season stretch for us. We're very, very excited about being able to be this type of network that has brought tough issues and hard conversations to the forefront, um, whether it's from an activism perspective or things like this that are affecting the community at large. Um, This is why we're here. This is why we do what we do. So um, as our platform consistently, you know, continues to grow and we continue to have a reach of over 250 million active listeners and over five-plus million in-car dashboard listeners through the app like Stitcher Radio and all the other ones that I mentioned, um, we're going to just keep talking. That's why we loud mouth, because we're going to keep talking. So <laughs> I want to um, bring uh, my lieutenant on the line, this is Jazz Jones Smith. You there? Good morning. I am here. You know, I'm here with my cup of coffee. Good morning, everyone. I have mine. Too. Yes, yes. You know, we have to start the day off with some warm and fuzzies, whether that's tea or whether that's coffee. Today it's coffee um, because I'm a coffee kind of and I'm a mugger. I, I make this announcement every time I come on the show, just in case somebody wants to buy me the cutest mugs ever, um, and just to let you know that I'm enjoying my my morning, but. Nevertheless, good morning, everybody. So glad that you have taken the time to join us. I know that this is a special edition show that we kind of had to stop everything and put this out there at the availability not only of our guests, but just in the heat of the climate that continues. Mind you, not a new climate. This is a repeating uh, syndrome, and we wanted to address it as a network, as uh, producer Sonny has said, we wanted to address it because I think it's important that we continue talking, but not only talking, um, this show will definitely bring about what can we do, what are some of the protective measures, what are some of the legalities, and then definitely what are some of the alternatives um, as well as the safety. So we wanted to bring it on from a loudmouth perspective on how we plan on as individuals what what is our next course of action um, we do have children we have grandchildren we have friends that have children we have 
our church members, and, and I mean, the list goes on. So we want to cover it all today. And it's not just so much um, that the current climate of what just recently happened is the only reason that we're coming forward. We talked about it before, but we want to do a real in-depth conversation and bring in the professionals on that are able to um, address those issues. So I'm glad that you joined us. Sit back, relax. We're going to take a quick station break, and then we're going to come back and bring our guest on. Thank you much. Go grab some coffee, okay? Oh, yeah, by the way, we are expecting our uh, correspondent and host from Florida, Sterling Powell, is planning to attend this conversation. Um, So we're hoping that we can get his bird's eye view right there in Florida. So hopefully we are able to grab our, our people and we'll be able to talk a whole lot in a little time. See you back in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. opportunity to say you know what today is going to be great no matter what but sometimes you just have some things that you just got to say whoa I need to do this a do-over not today we're going to have a great morning it's 10 10 on the east coast good morning to our west coast friends and fans 7 a.m in the morning and our Hawaiian babies who are still possibly sleeping at five in the morning we love you <laughs> but we are live on live off radio and today's topic of discussion, gun control and self-defense, um, gun safety, gun control, self-defense. You know, there's such a debate about this topic that I'm sure there's so many people that have their own thoughts and aspects of what they feel and how they feel and what side of the equation that they're on. Um, but, you know, what I will say is this, that it's obvious that we have, um, we got some serious things to deal with. I've, I've been looking at some of the interesting feeds specifically like on Facebook, where um, people have been sharing about gun laws in other countries, like Australia, um, China. And these countries have, like, very little tolerance 
um, the the gun laws are so strict to a point where we don't have what we're experiencing here. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those things that you can say and deny all the things you want, but when you're dealing with um, mass shootings every other day on multiple campuses, it's just to a point where it's out of control. Elementary, high school, college campuses, churches, there's no grounds of safety, uh, it appears now, for people to pull out weapons and use them. So, um, That's right. Jess, That's I know right. we, we, we have Mr. Charles Rambo on air with us. I want to say My welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes. Is this Well, time? good morning, good morning. Ladies, How are you? Good morning. Oh, my God. Now, well, now we're even better. We are so much better now that you're on this line. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm drinking my coffee slower now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, sir. Good to hear your voice. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, we've not lost contact. We just kind of, you know, in our own uh, visions and missions. But it's always exactly. a great pleasure to be on Loud Mouth Radio. Exactly. And you know what? Congratulations. You are a new papa. Yes, I am. We... Um, have a baby girl. She is going to be three months next oh uh, next week. Sometimes oh I want to add a three to that. And I think she's thirty three years old. <laughs> I know she's. A, that's because she has developed parents, so she has to be a developed child. <laughs> well, thank you. And look, you, as you know, I'm I could be a fun guy, but now I've got a responsibility for a yes. female child. So you train right. up a child the way it's supposed to go, so she that's will not right. return. I know that's right. Well, I want to introduce you. Um, Sunny read your accolades, but I also want to introduce to the audience or reintroduce for those of you that heard our couple of shows that we've done together with uh, Charles Rambo, and I always say Sheriff Charles Rambo because. He is my sheriff. He is my <laughs> sheriff, just like Wakanda is my hometown. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I want to reintroduce him <laughs> to say that when I call this man or when Loudmouth calls this man, when I tell you he stops doing whatever and he comes on the show or he meets us somewhere or whatever it is that we're asking. So, number one, he has my admiration tremendously but he definitely spoke um at our sex trafficking from worship action outreach ministries um is a huge advocate for the community being involved with our girls that have been pulled into sex trafficking as well as our boys but excuse me excuse me my coffee i need to drink some more um but definitely um our young girls because they are the number one target of sex trafficking, and he came over um, to talk to our uh, guests that were invited and, and the people that came out to attend. And, you know, so he has a heart that goes long and wide. And now when I saw him have a baby girl, I was like, oh, <laughs> y'all ain't ready for this man right here. But then the climate that we're living in with the new administration, and that's what I call it. I don't go any further with titles because that's just my own personal preference. Um, but with this new administration, the climate has even got more volatile. And so though we are talking about gun control, we're talking about gun safety, we're talking about safe, self-defense, definitely this is not a new topic. This is 
a reoccurrent, unfortunately, as producer Sunny said. This is going on and on and on with school shootings, church shootings, you know, domestic violence, and just a, an array of an occurrences involving guns. And so we wanted to bring this esteemed gentleman, um, and definitely in his own right, an expert, um, to talk about this subject. So once again, thank you for dropping everything to come and talk to our audience. So we want to just uh, jump right into it. We want to jump into it. Um, and just, you know, we hear gun control versus self-defense. We hear, should you have the right to carry a gun or should you not? Should you do alternative things or should you have a gun? Should you have the, what I call the military guns um, or should you have handguns? So let's just see where you are and what would be your course. If this was a forum. What would be your course of conversation? Well, I begin with um, the Second Amendment uh, that a person's right to bear arms shall not be infringed, as well as uh, the purpose of the Second Amendment as it pertains to militias. So, an interesting fact that your audience can take from this, and this is not to stoke the race card. But we can trace the Second Amendment, first and foremost, to James Madison, who Mm -hmm. introduced this as a purpose, as found uh, in my research through the University of California Davis Law Review. This was their exact citation that the purpose for the Second Amendment was actually to protect the southern states from the northern states invading them or even England coming back in in the institution, the peculiar institution that we call slavery, was to protect Mm -hmm. and allow those persons who resided in the southern states to be able to protect their valuable commodity of a $3 billion industry industry called slavery. Right. And I just learned about that law yesterday, the Davis Davis law. Yes, ma'am. So I Mm -hmm. make that as a context for this uh, uh, conversation. When you go back to the original... Uh, founding fathers uh, um, for the nation, I'm sure that when they uh, debated, when they ratified, when they argued this particular issue before making it a constitutional amendment, didn't envision that people actually would be arguing their right to carry a cannon when they go to the grocery store. Come on with that. Now, you just preach. You just stepped outside of talking and did a little (laughs) preaching. Right there. They were envisioning that someone would want to have a tank, you know, to Mm -hmm. simply go Mm -hmm. to the park. What I think that they envisioned when we go back and revisit the frame of mind that they were in was for your right to be able to protect yourself, your home, or a third person from any type of harm. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, I challenge people all the time um, that, you know, What is the practicality of an AK-47 or an AR-15, you know, Mm -hmm. when people try to justify and say, well, you know, I need it for hunting purposes. You're not going to find anybody that's going to shoot a deer with an AR-15. It's going to grab the meat. One shot. So, you know, military-style weapons have their purposes, uh, you know, in military theaters, but common handguns, common shotguns, things of that nature, um, you know, are the legitimate rights of 
every citizen regardless of color. Now, I had to raise the James Madison situation because once upon a time, during that era of slavery and also through black codes, black folks were not allowed, and it was also legislated that we were not allowed to own handguns. Right. So even with the argument applying to now, you know, the legitimacy of one's right to carry a firearm, people are still trying to get over times of, well, you used to could not carry it, now you're carrying it. And now with the Safe Carry Protection Act in Georgia, as a law enforcement officer, I can't even question you about it unless I have sufficient probable cause to believe that you were involved in the engagement of crime. Wow. So even yeah. the convicted felon in this day and time, you know, can carry a firearm, um, you know, if it's for what the square rule of law states in Georgia under the use of force to protect yourself or property or others uh, uh, who are in harm's way and could be seriously injured or killed. With oh, that, my God. So so wait, wait, wait. Before you go sure. any further, because I need to be real clear. Well, so I'm a, convic- I'm a convicted felon, um, and now, I can get specific. a gun legally? Whatever firearm, and I want to make myself, make sure that I come back and correct myself appropriately, but the original legislation made it where a convicted felon, you know, could be in possession of a firearm. And unless he was actually observed committing a crime, as a law enforcement officer, I cannot question him. Unless it was written specifically into the terms of his probation or his mm-hmm. um, 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 um Parole or what have you, you know, essentially what it did was to restore the right back to him to be able to carry his firearm. Now, that was the original legislation. Okay, okay. Now, has that legislation been changed to date that you know? Let me go back and make sure so that I can make sure I give you quality, accurate facts, but that's what I remember from the last time that it was reviewed. Okay, and we can look so that up as well. But yeah, we can look okay. that up as well while we're talking. So, um, and but I, I just want to myself correct. Okay, and I will okay. Yeah. And you know what's correct. interesting, guys? I want to pull this up. I just saw this last night. Um, uh, sheriff, uh, look, you got me saying the same thing. Yeah. He is uh, our so. sheriff. You can say that because it's loud mouth radio. <laughs> I we we always well, say that he is sheriff. our sheriff on loud mouth radio, so we can say that. And I appreciate yeah. that, but I, I'll just take the title uh, uh, Retired Lieutenant. <laughs> retired Lieutenant, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. There was an officer killed um, a few days ago in D.C., uh, Maryland. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, sure enough, yes. And this guy's been in the force 14 years, former military. And he was, he was off duty. His neighbor ran to his home, uh, uh, running in fear of um, trying to get away from her husband. It was a domestic violence situation. And um, he saved the woman, but ended up losing his life because um, the wow. gentleman that was, yeah, the gentleman that was, um, that shot him had priors, like out the yin-yang to a point. They're like, I don't even understand why this guy even had a prior on. He Correct. had so many priors. He had a most recent TPO was of June 2017. And it, it, this is the exact thing that we're talking about, you know. Mm, As you were saying, so the ability for felons 
to have, um, you know, to have weapons or access to weapons. He he shot him with a shotgun. Well, and let's even make this. Let's even uh, uh, clarify that this particular level, with or without legislation that allows it, the demand and the accessibility will still remain. Yes. People are still going to be just as uh, 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 passionate about getting their access uh, to a weapon, whether to protect themselves or to carry out the nefariousness of their criminal activity. It's going to be a demand, and people are still going to have access. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. I think we're also having some news that's coming up that an Alabama police officer is shot and killed. It's breaking news right now. Whoa! See, so the this last is the main reason why we're having this show. Police officers killed. Yeah, Th- this crazy. is why we're having this show because what's important is, you know, unfortunately, let's just, you know, address the elephant in the room. It's the Florida sh- uh, right. school shooting, and as a parent, um, Mr. Rambo, as a Jazzy, new parent, Sterling, although Sterling is on too, Jazzy. I'm sorry, okay, Sterling hey Sterling, hey Sterling. Um, yeah, hey, so we'll bring you in in just a minute. But as a new parent, um, as godparent, as as an uncle or auntie, or whatever our titles are that involve children, mentors, big brothers and sisters, we we take it to heart when our children are shot up. We 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 mourn with those that we're not related to, no matter the color, um, no matter the age. We mourn because these are children who lost their lives just for nothing. Just for absolutely. absolute nothing. But what's important, mm. what's equally important is the fact that people are losing their lives, whether the guns, like you said, whether they're legal or whether they're illegal, guns are being used. And so we want to uh, continue your conversation um, as we bring Sterling on. We want to continue your conversation about, you know, the steps, the mandates, the laws, the the, the what the how because I think we're all at a loss honestly I think we're all at a <laughs> loss not only with shootings we just we don't know what to do we don't well, know what he, to do let's he, bring he, Sterling on real quick sure please Sterling's live hey Sterling good morning sweetheart good morning good morning good morning hi our Florida host we missed you terribly I miss you all, and it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear you all and to be tuning in with you. This is such a serious um, subject matter, and we are definitely at a crossroads. Let me ask real quick. I am on speaker. Do I need to go off speaker? No, you're doing fine. Sterling okay. is always a busy guy. A He's always bit. doing He's a, a million. He's always doing a million things, and so... You know, when we can grab him, we, we grab him too. So Sterling, if we if it's crazy, you know, we'll we'll all be muted out while we hear from we're, our guests. We're, but definitely chime in. But you sound good. I'm actually I'm actually I told you that I was going to broadcast today from uh, one of the churches here in St. Petersburg because yes. one of that one of the things that I think that is definitely being like cross-haired or crisscross together is faith and gun control. And yes. I think that it's and I, I think that's so ironic that this nation wants to bring its faith into guns. And that somehow God is sanctioning the fact that we carry guns. And yes. 
I just I I just don't understand how that that works together. And in this nation that we know we are war mongrels, whether we want to accept that or not, our nation's budget, sixty percent basically of that goes to the military. Sixty percent. Now absorb that. Sixty percent of everything in this nation goes to being a warring policing nation. No matter what they say about taking care of welfare babies and food stamps and insurances. So, sir, I want to go to our military and things of that nature, but you still got people asking for $10 million for a military parade. Thank you. Thank you. Continue, sir. The military doesn't even want to do that. It's uh, it's our orange hair dryer nutcase um, <laughs> that wants to um, parade again, parade guns on our streets. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know the, it, the internet. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I don't want. I do want to get one point. Remember. After World War II and the Japanese nation was devastated, the Japanese changed their mindset from this was a nation, this was a nation ruled and controlled by a warrior class, a warrior class. And it had been for thousands a year. Remember the thousand years. A chrysanthemum throne that was put on by a working class. They changed their mindset. In 2015, out of the 150 plus million Japanese, they had six gun deaths. Six. That's right. That's six. what's reported. In You're this, absolutely in, correct. In this country of 330 million people, we had 33,000. 33,000 gun deaths. Now, what has gotten sensible gun laws, and they changed their na- national mindset. The mindset of the country after World War II devastated them because they were war- a warring class. They changed the mindset of their whole country, being more peaceful. They don't have the problems we have. Because their nation has changed its mindset, not mental health, Mm -hmm. mental health of the whole country. It's the mental health. And you know, Sarah, and and let me break in here to say that. Not that Charles. Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. He's there. Okay. I know he yeah. wanted to say yeah. something right before Sterling right. interjected. Oh. So I just wanted to bag into her point that she just made about mindset. You know, the very same people who uh, say that God has sanctioned us to carry weapons are probably the same mindset of people who said that God sanctioned slavery. So, you know, here is that cross intersection (laughs) of race and guns in America, you know, that, uh, you know, it's a kind of justification. Right, to kind of justify, especially when you come across laws that are meant uh, and designed to protect the citizen, now people will, well, you know, I, I stood my ground and I shot him in the name of the Trinity, and I believe I should be right. able to get off. 
No. Exactly. Here's my thing, and I will just kind of segue into it. I believe not necessarily towards gun control, but also more or less stiffer penalties for when you use that gun illegally or improperly a discharge, the sanction should be more uh, severe. Because what people right. are seeing is if I can get through the criminal justice system, you know, with people who look just like me, that are on the jury and see, you know, what I was faced up against, I'm going to get off. But if we make that process, when they get to trial and you're convicted of killing 15 uh, 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 people, when you start, I mean, you know, mass uh, church shootings and school shootings, when you start saying you're going to get 100 years per person, or even worse, I won't say worse, even more rewarding, the death penalty, I think you'll see a change in the mindset. I think Here's so. a little guy I right so. now, and I'm, I'm going to end it right here. I mean, so I'll say to open it back up. Here's the same gunman at the shooting whose attorney is now saying he's remorseful and he's sorry. What, that you didn't mm-hmm. kill more people? Right. Right. You didn't think about that before? You pulled the trigger? You didn't know your mindset? You were taking away an innocent life? Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to get more serious on the judicial side of it and hold people accountable square to what yeah. they've done. Right. And you know what? Yeah. I heard one of the students that are, are speaking out so beautifully. Um, and they have been, and, you know, I, I want to make it, I want to make this real clear. And I keep saying this because I think it's relevant. These students that are rising up, I think it's one of those, um, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. It has been students speaking up for a very long time of all nationalities, of all colors, of all genders. Students have been saying enough is enough. When are you going to help us? When is this going to change? When They've been speaking. They have been speaking. But I think it was, this has just been like, I have had it. Because now, not only are the students going to school, young kids, my grandson said, Mimi, are they going to come and shoot me at my school? Is Donald Trump going to shoot me? My, my grandson is eight. He just turned nine. And to have to have that conversation with an eight and nine year old and younger, where they are fearful, or where you have TV shows that are saying, "Hey, if you're a young black boy, this is how you have to handle it. If you're a girl in certain areas, this is how you have to handle it. If you're poor, if you're rich, and, and the classes, the the labels, all of that are going out. So students have been speaking. I want to make it real clear for people to realize: if you go back and do the research, you will see several students uprising. But I think finally, students have said, enough is enough. I don't want to wait for this to come to my school. Something has to change. So, but, but in that statement, in, in one of the statements that the, the kids have made is, look, where is the responsible adult? You're telling us to be young adults, to grow up, to live a certain way, to act accordingly. Where are the responsible adults that saw this kid? One of the young ladies who was speaking said, we have all known this young man since grade school. This is not new. We have known him since grade school. We have watched him, and neighbors have watched him outside having, you know, armed guns practicing and walking around. 
where was the responsibility of the parents or the neighbors to, of somebody to step in and go, something about this activity is not correct. Now, mind you, is he licensed? Is the family licensed? Is it permitted for that to be done? It might be, but watch the activity. It should be some flags. Like whenever that, like you said, well, we want to bring in mental illness, like Sterling said. We want to bring in mental illness about carrying a gun or this person was that. 99.9% of, of the world is mentally ill. Let's just be real. After you <laughs> you have been in the military, the police force, a doctor, a neighbor, an aunt, an uncle, and you see continual hurt in this world, mentally you cannot be strong all the time because it's too much. So if we want to talk about mental illness from that point of view, we'll all have a touch of mental illness. But what I love in some of the recent uh, reports, some of the people who are coming out that have been military or police or different ones in, in the medical profession are saying, rightfully so, mental illness and anger management are two different things. Mental illness, I'm depressed. I'm so sad. I don't even want to come out of my house. I just want to sit and isolate. Doesn't mean I want to get a gun and go shoot up the school. So we cannot we cannot put every single person who is angry, who is mad, who does not know how to control that, who does not have critical thinking skills, and make them this pitiful, poor, oh, my God, he shot up and killed all my kids. And so now he is supposed to somehow get off because he had a mental illness. No, somebody has to pay for those things. And and we cannot make everything be, everybody that is mentally ill does not want to kill people. It, it just, you can go talk to any doctor. That's not how mental illness works. Now, if I have an anger management problem, if I have a schizophrenic problem, I'm hearing voices that tell me to go shoot people. Even with that, I have to have something that triggers. I have to have an inflame, a fire that throws on to something that makes me enraged to go do this. It has been proven and proven and proven that people, they will tell you when they have a mental illness, when they're brought before court, why did you do that? People have said, oh, well, they had a mental illness, they went to this, da 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 Then that person speaks up and go, I was so angry at them. You see what I mean? So when we come back to the root of something, we see how these things can rise up. But we cannot just sit back and play on the mental illness. Where is the responsibility? And I think that's what these children and parents and pe- and all of us are rising up saying, it's not that you can't carry a gun. It's not that you can't have a gun legally. It's how do you use it? And like you said, uh, Mr. Rambo, is how do you have legislation change that there are stiffer laws if you use it improperly? Because I think if that I, is the mindset change. Let me give you a personal experience. Hang on, Stella. Stella, hang on. Oh. Let, let him speak real quick, and then we'll come right back to you. Okay. Well, my professional experience was uh, when I um, was a manager over at the county jail. Um, I was walking through performing inspections and uh, the uh, maximum security housing department. There was a 17-year-old kid who just thought he was bad because he had mm-hmm. killed three people. And I didn't know what his charges were. Frankly, I didn't give a damn. You know, you're inmate inside mm-hmm. this jail. You don't do what you're told. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the inmates rallied behind him saying, oh, that's the dude that killed um, uh, 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 those three people. 
out there uh, in Bankhead. I said, well, unless he killed them with his bare-ass hands, if he used a gun, he's just as much as a coward. So you can bring him down here to me right now. You know, mm-hmm. Don't brag about the fact you used a gun. That was just your excuse that you could use right. at the time, as you said, sister, because I was angry or because mm-hmm. I had a breakdown. My gun became my mechanism to express it because outside of that, you would be powerless. You would be mm-hmm. powerless if you did not have that gun. That's so true. That's so very pick true. Up a paint, say, pick up a paintbrush and express yourself. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Sterling is an artist, by the way. So yes, Sterling, that is an excellent. <laughs> that's an well, excellent yeah, when, idea. Well, yeah. When if if you think about one of the greatest paintings ever created by Picasso, Guernica, was his anger response to Hitler bombing a Spanish mm-hmm. city. So there's different. Again, I like I I said it's not mental health in the sense of mental illness. It's the mental health of this nation. Mm-hmm. Our nation's mental health is the issue, but it's where we are in the sense that we think reaching for a gun is a solution to our anger. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing: everywhere I look. There's anger. When I look mm-hmm. on the TV, there's anger. When I look on the internet, there's anger. When I walk the streets, I get bumped into by a person. They cuss me out. There's anger. There's mm-hmm. no civility in our society anymore. It's a mental health issue in the fact that we think we can bully and be rude to each other. Exactly. Exactly. You you mentioned the key word there. And that's bullying. Um, And so you've heard more about bullying in the last few years, though. I'm 50 years old. When I was in the fifth through seventh grade, I was bullied. I had a bully named Jackie and terrified because I was Christian taught. You do, you know, you mind your manners, you don't fight, you know. So basically I was a sitting duck because I was the standout girl at school. And so I got my money stolen from, you know, for lunch. And she was just a big, bad girl until one day I snapped and, and fought back. And then that became my, she became my, my thorn in my flesh because now I snapped back. And, you know, from, from all accounts from the other kids, I won this fight. But who wants to go to school every day saying, is this the day I got to fight? Is this the day I'm going to die? Is this the day I'm going to be beat to death? And, well, back in the day, it wasn't a whole lot of shootings and knives, so you just worried about, you know, getting your head bashed. Now these kids are going to school, being bullied, being tortured, and so one or two things have been happening. They're either taking guns, like the little, right after the Florida shooting, I think, Sonny, was it in Indiana or Chicago, where the young boy went to school and shot himself at school. Now, from a psychological point, why would he go to school and shoot himself? Why? I'm going to go to the place that I'm being bullied or I'm going to go to the place where I feel like in this death, I can have a, a stronger statement or I'm surrounded by people who uh, somehow in my mind can, can be my comfort with that shooting. Who knows? There's a whole lot of places you can go with that. But am I, am I being bullied? And so I, I shoot myself or I shoot others. Um, 
because nobody will hear me. Nobody will talk. No, you know, I'm not able to speak. Uh, and, and there's so many, so many different avenues with that. But bullying is a big, big deal. And not only bullies, uh, you don't only get bullies with kids. Like you said, Sterling, you walk down the street. Somebody will flip you off or cut you off on the road. It's bullies behind the wheel. It's bullies online where, you know, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're fat, if you're rich, if you make more money, if you don't, it doesn't matter. People will take something and make it be something that they can bully you about. So there is a very heated anger um, climate. The deal is how do we combat it, right? We, we, we can talk on this show about all of the instances of, this one was shot, that one was shot. Here is somebody else here. But what is the combat issue? Number one, I love the fact that you said take up a paintbrush. What is it that I can offer in my small setting? Because sometimes that one person is not going to be the world changer, but I can be a community changer. I can be, you know, a, a, a changer in the next state over. So what is the small things that I can do? One as an artist, you can teach a paint class to say, hey, here is something I want to um, offer you as an alternative from being angry. I used to teach salsa dancing ten, over 10 years ago with Deborah McCullough with our company called Salsa Noir Productions. And one of our main main goals, other than having a great time, was to, to teach a safe interaction so people who were being domestically abuse would have a safe alternative to come and just feel good about who they are and renew the confidence. But it was also for people who were, who had anger problems, who were the abusers. Mind you, we didn't necessarily put them in the same group, but we opened the floor to say, you have to learn safer behaviors. You have to learn a different way to use that hand versus hurting someone. Um, Self-defense classes. There are so many things that can be done, but we have to take the initiative. Well, and take your neighbor for coffee or go over and offer them, you know, it's it's just a simple act of kindness. It's so, I mean, I think that, you know, we've, we've forgotten that. It's just to be kind to one another and not, and because where I, I it just amazes me how angry the world is. It does. It just amazes me. And then, back to what I said at the beginning, but on the flip side of that anger, then they're, they're, they're preaching faith. Then they, then they hide behind the Bible and the Lord with their anger. And it amazes me that they would even, that they, the two come together. Because that is not what Faith and love God and love people is about. Right. But they love right. behind their faith. And 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 like I said, the guns and I don't understand guns and 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 faith being put together. But it's so like the sheriff said, is the same people are the people that would have thought it was okay to to own a slave, and then on mm-hmm. and then on Sunday the church. Yeah, or bring them to church and let them sit outside. I, I and, them, and and had, and had whipped their backs to bleeding the day before in the field. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, 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 and march to church behind. 
and marched to church with them behind the wagon the next day on Sunday. Well, I have I have even a better solution. Uh, it, it comes right in. Well, I won't say the solution, but a complementary solution of a tactical task force that I would love to start, and it would involve about twenty old school church mothers with uh, belts, and we line them up and let them jump out of the cars and get feet behind on the side of the street and get these kids back in order. That's what is missing: the value of community. My mom would take the whip. She would have brought the belt out or the stick. <laughs> Let me tell you. You know what? We're going to take a quick break, and I, I do want to come back. because world, honey, I'm going to take you out. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break and come back. And when we come back, um, Mr. Rambo, I do want to talk about gun safety because, you know, again, yes, this is a show about um guns in general and self-defense in general. So we want to talk about both sides, the control of them, the law legislation, but also the safety usage of. So when we come back, we'll jump right back in. Okay. Yes, ma'am. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. We're back live on Loudmouth Radio, and today's session is about gun control and self-defense with former Fulton County Lieutenant Deputy Sheriff Charles Rambo and special guest Kwanjalyn Cornelius with her organization Angel Garden, a self-defense black belt expert has provided an amazing nonprofit organization um, that is made up of people dedicated to providing all forms of self-defense training and survival techniques to young girls, college women, and adult women, teaching women how to survive and protect themselves from life-threatening events such as domestic violence, sexual assault, choking, home invasion, robbery, bodily assault, providing college, home apartment survival kits, as well as surveillance kits to families of nursing home-bound loved ones to protect them from negligence and assaults. To find out more about this organization, feel free to visit them online at angelguardedguarded.com. And now we're back live on Live on Radio with our special guests, and uh, we've had an amazing discussion. I know there have been people that have been popping in and out throughout the course of the uh, show today. So we want to share with you, if you are just chiming in, and have uh, caught us in the midst of this conversation as our show continues. We'll we'll wrap up within the next half an hour or so, and then uh, you'll be able to listen to this actual show on archives 24-7 on demand, directly on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, as well as LoudmouthRadio.com. And uh, we thank everyone that's been listening thus far, and this has been an amazing conversation. I know that we've had Jasmine and Sterling chiming in with um Mr. Charles Rambo, as we've discussed some of the real prolific things that are happening on the forefront with gun control. So, uh, Jazz, if you would, um, prior to the break, 
uh, we had an opportunity um, to really speak on some things. I do want to share something very important that I didn't do prior to us introducing um, Mr. Rambo today, uh, but just kind of give a little bit of uh, insight of some things that I'm sure he can speak more. Um, But uh, definitely wanted to make sure that our audience understands the significance of who we have on the panel with us today. Uh, but uh, Charles Ramble is a retired lieutenant commander from the Fulton County Sheriff's Office with over 28 years of demonstrated success in operations, administration, labor relations, investigations, academy instruction, and uh, is also certified by the Georgia Peace Officer Standard and Training Council as a senior instructor, an intelligence analyst by the Department of Homeland Security, and classroom firearm instructor by the Georgia Private Detective and Security Guard Agency. He's also a successful author, an amazing speaker and panelist, and definitely a subject matter expert on criminal justice issues. And his leadership has uh, inspired hundreds of sworn-in and civilian staff to raise the bar on transparent and accountable performance in the law, the law system. So we wanted to give uh, Mr. Rambo opportunity to have his accolades uh, brought in the forefront. I don't know who wrote that, but I'll, I'll just take that for radio purposes. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Can I just tell you something? Let me tell y'all how I feel about uh, producer Sonny reading that, right? You know how um, you have a celebrity friend, right? Or you, Or you know a person who works in a celebrity's house, and then they come back and they tell your friend about them working in the celebrity's house. And you walking around mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, my friend works in my other friend's house, and she works for so-and-so, and so that's how I feel like. Like I had something to do with all those actors. Like, yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, that's what <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll just sum that up and just say it this way: I, I, I walk with kings, but I still can keep contact with the community, the grassroots, yes. you know, from yes. where I come from. So I'm never too high and mighty with the gifts that God has given me to be able to share in forms like this. So I thank you again for allowing me That's on your show. That's why we love you. That's why you know what. And this is, and, and all jokes aside. This is why we love you, and this is why when something is going down that we don't get, we call you because, one, we know you have the experience and you have the expertise, but you also have the humbleness, like you began the show, in saying, if I am not correct, I stand corrected. And it's not many people Mm -hmm. in any kind of leadership position, um, especially with the administration. That's what I call him. Sterling calls him the orange hair dryer. Um, so, but in this administration, we don't have an example of leadership that will take ownership of things that are correct, but definitely things that are incorrect. And so we love, love when I say we love you, when I say I am so blessed to have you in my presence, in my life, and definitely involved in conversations like this, because you know, we, we want to get it right to the best of our ability as a network. We want to be able to bring people information that's life-changing, and I think definitely you do that. So, once again, thank you. But thank you. Now, they have for your done all of- and thank you for your service. I mean, yes. the, the staff that you have been in the street, you've been in, as we used to, you know, as people say, in the trenches. I mean, that's what 
to call in awe of you is because yeah. you've been in the trenches, you, you've seen it all, and then you're willing to share that knowledge and still stay very human and be able to touch each and every one of us as a fellow human being. Mm-hmm. That's exactly so right, Sherilyn. Often, but people get into a power position, officers, elected officials, et cetera, et cetera, even clergy. Mm-hmm. And they lose their humanness. And they all of a sudden become, you know, they feel they're superior. And right. all of us are the yes, same. Absolutely. You know, all of us are the same. And this, this situation with with violence like this has gone on for so many years. You know, think of it, think about I mean, I we thought that it would end many years ago. My mm-hmm. sister attended Kent State at the time of the Kent State shooting. You know, guns wow. this, this isn't new that this has happened on school. Think about that. That was the National Guard. Right. Shooting. Right. Wow, and that was Sanction University. This this is not new. So when we yeah. we are talking to you know Miss Rambo, we're trying to find solutions here, not just point out what's wrong. Is what mm-hmm. can we do? What what can I do? That's what I think the children are saying. This we've had enough. What are you right. going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tell us. The school, you tell us to learn, but now we got to come to school and be worried about whether or not one of Band our classes is going to shoot us and is going to shoot our head off. Or even as a like, my my heart goes out to the teachers because you know, as a, as a teacher, you're not just a teacher. You're dealing with tons of different personalities, other people's responsibilities, and everybody's child is not reared the same. So what happens when you have a kid that's disorderly, that's got other issues, that's probably most likely stemming from home or maybe, well, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start from home because even if they have self, self-esteem self issues and stuff like that, they or didn't mind that. Right. But all of that still comes back to the senses of, you know, beyond the, the teacher being responsible, the parents also have to be responsible. The communities that those children live in need to be responsible because if you see kids getting bullied at home, you see them getting bullied in their neighborhood, maybe your kids are contributing to the bullying, and then their kids come to school, then they're already beat down with the self-esteem. So then when they come to school, they're getting more because, of course, we're going to draw the things that, you know, we, we put our attention to. So if I'm getting bullied at home, if I'm getting bullied in my neighborhood, then I come to school and I'm most likely dealing with the same people that are living in my neighborhood. And so what happens is these kids get pushed into a corner and they make a decision to, to react. So even for the teachers, you gotta you can't tell me there's been tons of video that have been surfacing of teachers getting into physical altercations with students, whether they're in middle school, in high school. Because I'm going to tell you, I remember when I first went to college, I was, I had uh, initially uh, made a decision to be a physical ed teacher because one of my, men- my one of my main mentors in high school was my phys ed teacher. You know what I mean? Slash second village mom, right? And so a lot of times um, you get into these school systems, and I learned early on, I'm like, okay, I-, I come from Boys and Girls Club. I come from community after school programs and, you know, the YMCA's and, 
uh, the children's centers like Duncan's in Chicago that's dealing with inner city youth. And there's a different level of complication because of the communities and the things that they, they keep going through, what they're exposed in, what they're exposed to, the things that they're doing, whether it's gang affiliation. You know, there's so many levels of various things that our young people are dealing with. And so when you take all of that, and you put all of that on some of our youth, and then they have to come to school and then worry or not whether or not the retaliation of some of those other things that are happening in these sub-cell groups comes into the school. That's a lot. And as a teacher, I, you know, my heart goes out to the teachers because they may be fearful of how to, to reprimand or deal with certain students because of their behavior. And then if the teacher suspects that this is a person that will become violent, you know, um, it becomes another level of complication. So that's a lot to deal with when these kids are supposed to be coming to school to learn. The teachers are supposed to be learning, you know, teaching the students that are coming to learn. And then you have all of these other aspects that are swirling around into the school systems. And, and then different states have different laws, you know. Um, you know, some, you know, I want to kind of panel this to the, to the group. What is your thoughts about these schools that are now saying, okay, need to put metal detectors in the school because I remember at one point people were frowning on that and say you need the metal detectors you don't need it you don't need but then you have more um, conversional situations like this this young man in Florida that came to the school and was repeatedly told not to come on campus they didn't even want to allow him on campus with book bags because the guy was visibly walking around with guns in his own city and then there was different students that already knew um, that this guy was a problem and you know, those, most times kids know, you know, the conversation amongst, you know, the kids and, and the groups that they're in school with, they know, oh, yeah, Sterling, Sterling kind of whack. You already know Sterling be sitting up here, you know, torturing cats and dogs and, you know, like he's got tendencies because they're around him enough. And so it, it, it just becomes so many levels of complication. I know I've said a lot, but I kind of want to ask you guys, what are your thoughts about? you know, the metal detectors being put into the school. And then what things do you feel like needs to be added to the systematic approach in the schools to better safeguard students and teachers from, from violence like this? If I could start it off um, with the uh, panel's uh, permission. Um, foremost, and you you, you Whenever you all introduce me, you introduce me as sheriff. But let me give you a little background into the power of a sheriff's office in this situation. Number one, and here's some, I'm not playing armchair quarterback, but some insight of some things that could be done under existing institutions that have the power to address these issues. Number one, um, a sheriff's office has the ability of what's known as a report of peace officer or what's called a order to apprehend from the court, particular probate court, that when a person is displaying signs like this young man, they can go ahead and take him into custody to deliver him to a mental facility for evaluation. Now, somebody may say, well, evaluation, evaluation, but what happens? You have now potentially removed him from the opportunity that he was ready to go at that time and that day to go commit that school shooting. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that when you see a pattern in practice, consistent behaviors, the school can now take out protective orders. 
let me tell you, there's no greater power than a sheriff who has a writ of the court that when they come to execute that duty, that's one person that you do not want to bother because he has sovereign immunity in that situation that protect him from liability, whether it's associated with the actions that he takes. That's why most people under the sovereign citizen movement do not like or fear when a sheriff responds because he actually is responding with a constitutional risk telling you this will not happen or this is what is going on. Hello. Do we lose him? I think so. Do we lose Rambo? Well, we'll that on number two of how Sunny tries to get him back. Jazzy, you know what time of the year it is here in um, Tampa Bay. It is yes, turkey let's take leg a break and say that. It's turkey leg. It, and we will be, if they want to come to Sterling Powell on Facebook and start to get ready. I'm filling out the paperwork, the facts over to the Renaissance Festival right now to get our tickets to be our giveaway. So yes. our listeners and people on Facebook, it is Renaissance 2018. Go to Sterling Powell on Facebook and let me know that you want tickets and I will tell you how you do it. Exactly. And for those of you that don't know, the Renaissance Festival in Florida is incredible. It is so much fun. We've had the opportunity of traveling there and going to and going to that. And I'm telling you, Sterling talked us into these gigantic um, turkey legs, and they are so massive but so delicious. Uh, that's just one of the things that you can see there. But it's usually always in March, isn't it, um, Sterling, in March when it comes? It goes for the next. It goes for the next uh, seven weeks. The next seven weeks, it runs a ten-week period. We're already in week three. This, I mean, third week this week. So uh, I think Sonny's got Rambo back. But uh, I just wanted to intercede. Sterling Powell dot. I mean, Sterling Powell on Facebook. Tickets to the Renaissance. Perfect. That was a great break. Thank you so much, Sterling Powell, there in St. Pete, Florida. Um, we will continue to talk about that in the upcoming weeks. Okay, so Mr. Rambo, are you back? Yes, ma'am. I apologize. I don't know. I guess the the power of our resignation in that point cut us off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Technical difficulties lives here sometimes just because we're in a technical age, but we stay we stay steady because we have points to make. So carry on. Yes, ma'am. So uh, the last point in recapping was the two types of actions that your uh, uh, office of sheriff can do uh, in situations where you have a pre-identification of a potential shooter, somebody who is going to, you know, through pattern and practices of incidents and incident reports and continual tips coming in. You know, we don't have to wait for the FBI to get involved. We don't have to wait mm-hmm. for the uh, a federal level to get involved. Your elected sheriff has the power of the Georgia or the state constitution that works on their behalf to intercede in matters like this. So that was my first point to that. Now, segueing over into uh, some of the main topics that you wanted to hit in terms of gun awareness, gun safety, 
first right. and foremost, Georgia laws, um, you know, as we started off with the show, the Second Amendment applies to everyone in the United States. I am definitely not against and support fully a person's right to legally and lawfully and responsibly carry a firearm of their choice that, you know, really is uh, uh, within reason. Again, we start off by saying you're not going to roll a cannon behind your car to go to the grocery store. Right. But at the same time, if you are carrying a compact weapon, you need to be trained in the rules of engagement the opportunity, the ability, the jeopardy that you have to prove that when you pull that trigger, that bullet is not coming back and whatever you hit, you're responsible for. So if that bullet goes and hits somebody else other than the intended target, don't worry just about the criminal liabilities. You also have to think about the civil liabilities for wrongful Mm -hmm. death. And I'm not talking about a police officer. I'm talking about the person who's carrying and discharged that weapon. Right, right. This is the type of awareness that I like to create for responsible citizens who would like to come inside of a forum, first and foremost, not just in terms of how to pull the trigger, but also to exercise some emotional intelligence mm-hmm. about when they're carrying that weapon. Sister said it so beautifully earlier in terms of, you know, persons carrying weapons that may be mentally ill, but most important, the most dangerous is, you know, somebody who has not managed their anger or their emotions right. properly. Right. And when you get into a situation, you pull that trigger, you know, nobody cares the fact that you were mentally ill or you, you really should be concerned the person was mentally ill because now the person has the ability to go through the courts and uh, claim insanity and that case essentially goes away. So a lot of right. people like to use that as the backdrop. Well, I wasn't in my right mind at the time. No, mm-hmm. you get ready to be in your right state of mind when you get this sentence for almost 150 years for the actions right. that you So what we like to do is to get people in the know in terms of tactical mindset that you need to possess every time you're out. We've hosted courses like this, not firearms, but self-defense here recently uh, at churches. I serve as uh, the emergency management coordinator for our church. I'm very well aware, and I want you to know this as well, I play a very small, small voice in advocating for the churches under the Georgia Safe Carry Protection Act that essentially was going to allow a person to be able to carry their gun inside of a church. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, we see there are lots of incidents that have occurred across the country that they said if a gun was present, then, you know... um, Uh, you could have averted that situation. But the problem is, is that, you know, now you are violating essentially the very last institution of sanctity that we have that means that much to our faith, our belief in religion, that now we have to be concerned about the person with a gun. I thought you had a Bible in your hand. No, you got a gun on your head. Mm -hmm. So we have introduced, Mm -hmm. well, I've advocated that before, uh, the legislators in the area, Stating essentially some of the um, uh, the benefits, but then again the disadvantages. And I can't say I was a total voice in there, but we did throw that out to them, and they did change that provision that said that essentially pastors could make the designation of um, exactly. um, of who could carry weapons. I also was featured on Fox Five uh, about three or four years ago uh, with Deirdre Dukes when they did 
a seminar. I was doing a seminar for churches on protecting God's house. How to uh-huh. identify uh-huh. and see potential problems before they came. Because believe it or not, the dealing roofs of the world were just people who exist. You know, I won't say God wants it, but it's people who have problems inside your church. Ones that are going to be the main problem, especially when they are. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. I know we we just went into producer relaxing mode music. Hold on, hold on. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I believe it's beautiful music to accomplish the beautiful commentary we have. I know, right? Oh, no, we're, we're working on that. Hold on just a second. going to let that play just for a few minutes until we can sure. find it. <laughs> no problem. Never a dull moment on Loudmouth Radio with Spanish music playing in the background. As we talk about gun control in the church. Darling, <laughs> this is more on the Renaissance Festival than the turkey leg. That's what this is. We're still trying to find that. I think we finally found it. Yes. Music to enjoy the turkey leg, (laughs) guys. And I I have to tell you something else, y'all. This weekend in St. Petersburg is also the Call of Green Festival on Southside. And um, so I think that I got to fly over across the bay to the the Renaissance Festival, get me my turkey legs, and then go to and then come back to the green. And then come back. Loud Mouth Radio will provide the music for both of those. Um, I think producer Sonny is back on with us. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're always willing to go wherever they wherever Sonny. Wherever Sunny takes us, we follow. We follow. Exactly. exactly. Okay, Rambo, you could go ahead and finish this. We've had our little uh, sonnet of commercial break. Go ahead and continue, please. No problem. Um, so um, I've interacted with churches. I've put on self-defense courses. I understand we have a martial arts expert, and I'm part of the Israeli defense system called Crossman. Um, because most instances are going to happen more close quarters than they will from a distance, my recommendation, if you ever get into a situation where it's a distance run, get the hell away. But most incidents are going to happen up close and personal, so we institute and we show you how to do close quarter combat uh, uh, um, uh, self-defense that usually will end the fight in less than five seconds with some of the techniques that we teach. Um, I did a course with over 50 women uh, three weeks, two weeks ago. And And you brought the baby. And you had your daughter. (laughs) 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 Let me say this on that that note. 
my baby will know martial arts and abuse a black yes. girl at the time she's three years old. That's right. And it's because she is coming up in a crazy world that I don't ever want her coming home talking about she lost the fight with the bear. No, you better help mm-hmm. the bear mm-hmm. in this situation. We have to prepare yes. our children for self-defense. Um, you know, if I could say it and not being racial, you know, uh, whites teach their children how to use t- uh, 22 rifles and small yes, handguns by the time that they're 14 years old. Yes, In fact, they do. one of the rights of passages for a 13-year-old kid, male, is to get a 22 uh, rifle. But that dad has shown him properly how to use that weapon. So I'm open to handling and giving courses, but I would like to share this one last um, in uh, um, not just uh, uh, safety and awareness, but responsibility. I had a situation that was similar to Tamar Rice in my uh, time when I served on patrol in the sheriff's office. And that situation, Mm. I'm transparent and sharing it with you because I don't ever want to see this happen to any child. I observed two young men sitting in front of a home. And when I pulled up uh, in my vehicle, uh, 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 a sheriff's vehicle, they immediately took off like, you know, something had occurred. Well, my right and duty and responsibility was to, you know, uh, pull them over. And when I walked up to the car, he wasn't expecting that I was going to go to the driver's side. He was unexpecting and was surprised when I came to the passenger side. And there was a young man, no more than 15 years old, sitting there with a handgun in his hand, clutched practically open hands. Now, in that situation, talking about ability, opportunity, and jeopardy, my life was in danger. But I had the foresight to see that there was an orange tip on the front of that gun which told me that it was a play gun. People, we cannot Mm. allow our children to go out and getting into law enforcement confrontations based upon that nobody has really the time to try to decipher whether that gun is real or not. Whether it's real or not, yes. So there needs to be some responsibility that is put on the onus of parents, uh, communities. You know, uh, these are just the things that you don't do in this era that teaches and preaches and uh, 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 promotes you know, kids carrying around guns and then think, you know, you can give an alibi or justification that, you know, mm-hmm. it's a play gun. You don't do that with law enforcement. So I would like right. to also be able to talk to children, you know, straight up one-on-one like we've done in the past so that we can help them to get home to their parents. Exactly. Well, exactly. And that you can change the nation's mindset, starting with the youth. And what's interesting is you mentioned um, martial arts. Do you know that the law enforcement uh, in Japan does not carry weapons? They use, they take down somebody that's disrupting a crowd and martial arts and mattresses. They wrap them in a mattress and carry them out of the crowd, and 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 that's how they they solve the situation instead of using uh, combat weapons or guns, and they use martial arts. 
and they start that with children. They, you know, their children learn martial arts at like two and three years old. Right, right. Well, and I think that's something that, you know, um, is, you know, we used to put, I remember when my kids were small, I put my kids in Taekwondo because, one, I did want them to be able to protect themselves, but I really wanted the, the martial arts to teach critical thinking. And I think that's what we don't realize is when we're doing self-defensive classes is that not only are we learning the technique, but we're learning the critical thought process that when I'm in that situation, how do I think on my feet? How do I think how to protect myself? How do I um, think how to defend? So it starts with the mindset, like like, uh, Mr. Rambo is saying, that I'm not just teaching you how to fight. I'm teaching you how to think because if I have a gun in my hand and I'm coming for you, then what is the thought process? Is it to freeze? Is it to scream? Is it to drop? Is it to run? Is it to squat down and kick you in the leg and avert that gun from going into me but maybe going up into the air? I don't know. But the whole point is is that those self-defense classes, uh, Mr. Rambo teaches that as well as Quantula, who wasn't able to come on and talk to us, but we still wanted to give her information. It's the same thing. And I definitely want to put you two together because I think it's important to have uh, a woman present in some sensitive situations as well as a male perspective on how to defend yourself against everybody. So um, definitely I know from work action is getting ready to put together some self-defense um, forums so I would, would love to uh, join you guys together, and we can talk about that more a little bit after the show. But I think it's important for us to understand safety, period, safety and how to use a gun. I have never, ever fired a gun. I have never, but, well, I will say three times in my life I've held a gun, somebody else's gun. Um, I had a police officer friend that I was, with at one point and I held her gun. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not really into guns. At this point in my life, I want to not be afraid of a gun. I want to know how to use it safely. And I want to know how to defend myself with one should I ever come into the position that I needed to do it. But I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a little Oakley Annie walking around like, hey, Annie, get your gun. Because I think it's important to be kind to be able to know what psychologically um, somebody might be going through and be able to talk. But if I'm not in that position and a gun is there, I need to be able to know how in a self-defense way to deflect that as well as if I ever was in a position I needed to protect myself with one. So I want you to know that I will be taking your safety uh, class and how to use a gun properly. But also I need to know how to defend myself from a self-defense um, perspective as well. And I think that's important for our listeners to know that there are many ways to um, have gun control, um, but there's also many ways to have gun safety. So we have to be responsible on all sides, the conversation, the classes, um, the awareness. All of that's important. Absolutely. I was going to say, let's take a quick commercial break. If we can let everybody, I was going to say, let's take a quick commercial break and let everybody rap. We'll have a minute for everybody to say their last words and we'll jump off.
You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Sonny and Jazzy of Loudmouth TV is taking off with a brand new show, Off the Market, with its first season within the beautiful state of Hawaii, featuring some of the most sought-after areas of beachfront and inner island properties on the island of Maui and Oahu. Tune in to each episode with host Jazzy Jones-Smith as she talks to feature real estate agents as they showcase their open house listings to private homeowner tours where you just might find a house that you may want to take off the market. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. All right, guys, we're back, and we're going to just kind of give everybody last words. And, um, if we could keep it within a minute or two so we can uh, allow everybody to speak and uh, conclude the show today. It's been an amazing show, and I just want to tell everyone that has uh, been a part of the Action Platform, thank you for chiming in and giving um, our listening audience an opportunity uh, to hear from the perspective, from expertise um, to community of community views. So thank you, guys, everyone. Um, I think I interrupted Charles Rambo. He was going to make his last uh, statements. And then uh, Sterling and Jazz, you guys can go ahead and conclude the, and, and wrap up the show. Thank you, Rambo. Well, thank you. And that was what I was trying to get. Um, I have to – I'm actually running late for a, um, a, a meeting, so when I conclude my comments, I will have to cut off. But it has been a plump, pleasing pleasure to always be in you all. Hello. Hello. Now, did we lose Rambo? That was his last thing. And I think that was a perfect place. It was been a pleasure. Spirit that, you know, that God will be pleased with what we're doing and what we're saying. And if I could also say it in this manner, and I'm not trying to convert anybody in faith or what have you, but the wisdom of the Quran also teaches that, you know, consider the time. Surely Mm -hmm. man is at loss except those who believe and do good and enjoin one another to truth and into patience. And I believe that's what we have done here. We've got to have some patience with this critical situation of gun control in the time and era that we live. live. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're coming together in forums like this with actionable items, I believe that, you know, it will benefit mankind regardless of race, religion, color, creed, um, you know, this is where I believe we can start with uh, something that will take us better and beyond, you know, the, the current situations that we're living in through shootings at churches, schools, or what have you. So, Jazzy, uh, thank you. Thank you. Loudmouth Radio, all your audience, I look forward to joining you all again in truth and patience on any of these type of subjects that we need to cover. Thank you so much. Go to your meeting. We thank you for taking time with us. Thanks, Rambo. Um, as always, he's such an amazing person, and um, we just thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. All right, love. Take care. Sterling, final remarks, my love. Well, I think that this is not really my final remarks, but at the beginning, again, again, we have to start over with this uh, the decision to make change, and the one the only we've got to make this tragedy or the, all of the tragedies of these gun shootings a element. I mean, a vehicle for change. It's been right. too long said that the mindset of this nation has been to be a war, a warring, gun carrying, hateful country. 
We need to change our mindset. And the way that it's going to happen is to help these young people get out and vote, to get them excited about being involved in their government again, and that their vote counts, and that we mm-hmm. can make change mm-hmm. by changing who is elected. And I think exactly. that's the big thing, to start change, help these young people. Remember, they're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, these young people mm-hmm. that were affected by this. That's only three, four. By the time the next election, they're all eligible to vote. Most of them will be eligible to vote. And they they can cause the change that we haven't been able to do, and that's what it's going to take. We've got to change. Thank you, guys, as always. I love that. Thank you, as always, for the platform. I love you guys, and um, love your audience. And don't forget, Sterling Powell on Facebook, Turkey Legs, the Renaissance Festival. Till next time. I love you, Sterling. And Sterling, say a little prayer for us while you're in church and kiss kiss Pastor Candace and everybody there uh, at the church in St. Pete. We love you guys so much. I will, I will, I will, I will. All right, honey. Well, audience. We thank you so very much for taking time to just listen um, to our conversation, our opinions, uh, the expertise that was brought, um, the organizations that were brought on to the show today. We really appreciate you because without you, we really would just be kind of talking on the phone um, and sitting in our living room. So we definitely appreciate you for listening, for sharing our content, and just for following us in general. We are five years old Happy birthday to us um, for staying current, staying steady, um, even with all of the technical difficulties. And um, and it's okay because it shows that our imperfections don't stop us. We continue to go and we continue to bring you um, shows that inspire you. We pray um, that entertain you and that definitely uh, cause you to be a better you and, and a better me. And, you know, that I can drink coffee on the show. But anyway, that's another story for another day. I want to say to you, those of you that are interested in learning how to...